KBTC, a viewer-supported community service of Bates Technical College. From KBTC Public Television Studios in Tacoma, Washington, it's the Northwest Now podcast. Each week, we take a closer look at the people and issues that affect all of us here in Western Washington. So sit back, relax, and join the conversation with your host, Tom Lason. A lot of people dream of being a firefighter, but the reality of the job can take an emotional toll. That's the subject of a new documentary produced by the Tacoma Fire Department called The Call We Carry. Tonight, we sit down with Tacoma Fire and the film's producers to talk about the impact PTSD has on many of those in the fire service. That's next on Northwest Now. We tend to think about the heroic aspects of firefighting, saving people and animals, helping people get out of sticky situations of all kinds and then back to safety. But some calls go sideways. People die and the tragic results of accidents and disasters can form images in a person's mind that are hard to cope with. The results can be flashbacks, nightmares, relationship problems, and substance abuse. All the very same things we associate with PTSD in combat veterans and police. But recognizing symptoms is hard sometimes, and that's one of the reasons the Tacoma Fire Department produced an hour-long documentary called The Call We Carry. Just over 34 years, I've seen a lot of things. We only investigate major fires, fatalities or high dollar loss or arson, criminal in nature. Serial arsonists in Tacoma. Increases in assaults, robberies, and arson. Every call, there's some level of trouble. It's rewarding work, but it's not good work. The screams and the smells. We lived through that over and over again. That's continued repetitive trauma. Firefighters, if we're good at anything, I can wear a smile when I'm at work and do my job, but I also was gonna kill myself. Over 37% of first responders meet clinical diagnosis for PTSD. That's astounding. You're not just a firefighter. You're a dad, a mom, a brother, a sister. The sheer volume of things that you see, they're gonna have an effect, they're gonna take a toll. Not felt like there was some sort of a stigma attached to it. The fear of appearing weak. You got a front row seat to human tragedy. Self-care is not an option in this line of work. It has to be this way. When we're outnumbered in the line of duty deaths is when we really need to start opening people's eyes and going, what are we gonna do about this? Tori and Cody, good to have you both at Northwest Now here to talk a little bit about this film. Um, Chief, I think the first question is for you. Having a filmmaker get all up in your business when it comes to being an administrator and having a department you're trying to run, it's like having the cameras into the locker room, you know, in an NFL team. It can be intrusive. People get very self-conscious. You know, you want them to focus on their jobs. How did, how did you manage that? And what made you say, you know, something that's worth it? Yeah, that's, I never thought of it that way, first of all. Um, I, I, uh, I don't know that it necessarily happened that way. It felt uh, a lot more organic than that. Um, 
it, it was brought to me as, a, as an issue that was growing within the department. And so um, uh, a request was made to make a short video about it. I supported that. Um, we, we, we knew Cody had the skill set to do that and, and put him on task to do that work. And uh, he's the one who came back and says, hey, this is bigger than five minutes. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so uh, it turned into uh, about an hour and 10 minute video that uh, we think is gonna change people's lives. Same question, but flipped on its head for you, Cody, as the filmmaker. It's tough for management to have somebody come in and get in their business. It's also hard to do work when management's looking over your shoulder, and I've had a few of those experiences in my life. Did you get to make the film you wanted to make, or you know, where you're kind of looking, looking over at the administration a little bit? How did you find that? I can honestly say I did make the film I wanted to make. And it, you know, I, I've told people before the film kind of made itself. It really did, and it, w it was an organic process that started small, and as things went on, it just evolved into what it became. That is so true. The, the best work that you do sometimes um, almost does kind of shoot itself. Of course, nothing does shoot itself, but you can just see it and feel it coming together, and it's like, oh, wow, I mean, this is literally falling together because it is such a cohesive story and the content's there, the material's there. Did you have that sense when you were shooting this, like, oh, my gosh, I mean, I'm getting gold, and this thing's going to cut itself? I, I definitely had those moments. There was a couple interviews that I did where I came home just silenced. You know, I, I, I really had to take in what I was hearing and just the fact that it was so honest and that it was on camera and that it was captured wasn't just a conversation between me and you. It was something that could be timeless, and I, I knew there was something special there. Yeah, Chief, I want to ask you this question, then, Cody, you too. Seems to me there are several different audiences for this. Um, there's, there's the public, there's firefighters. Um, how, do you, how do you view the audiences for this? Who should see it, and, um, and how, how, do, how does that break down in your mind? Yeah, so, you know, we originally set out for this to be uh, an internal video just for the Tacoma Fire Department. Um, and so uh, once we uh, saw the finished product, it was immediately apparent to me that this was bigger than Tacoma Fire Department. It was bigger than the fire service. Um, it, it really is, uh, it's, it's obviously intentionally targeted towards people who work in the fire, in fire departments across, around the world, quite frankly. Uh, but it really addresses uh, first responders of any type, people who see or hear. Um, you know, uh, uh, the, the, the emergent distress of individuals. So whether that's firefighters, police officers, dispatchers, um, uh, it really speaks to those audiences. But I think, quite frankly, the messaging around PTSD, uh, the messaging around um, potential suicide, it speaks to everyone, uh, whether you're people in the military background or the average person in the community who's, who's struggled with that. And so I, I think it really, again, surprisingly, became a, a project that turned into something that was much bigger than we ever set out to be. That was a great encapsulation about who I think the audiences are. Um, Cody, I'd, I'd ask you to go a step further. Is there some degree of validation that goes along with this? I often find you can tell somebody something, but if they see a film somebody else made, now all of a sudden it's true. Now it's true in my family. Oh, my friend is, t you know, he is telling me straight. Is, is there a validation piece where people maybe know in their heads that PTSD is an issue, but now they see it, hear it, and maybe feel it a little more? I think so. I think seeing, uh, seeing it in a film capacity, um, something that everyone can watch kind of puts it more into perspective versus individual experiences. Many of us have them, but seeing so many say the same stories that people can relate to. You know, I, I tell people, 
it doesn't matter who you are, you can see a part of yourself in this film through the mm -hmm. people that we interviewed. You're gonna relate to somebody in some aspect of it. So I think the validation is there um, because of that. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned that there are, um, you know, it's, it's completed. I know it debuted in Tacoma recently and this audience has seen it. Do either one of you, both, both or either one of you can speak to this. Is there a plan going forward for getting it out there, for, for pushing it out beyond the audience? Because you said once you looked at it, you were like, dang, man, this could, a lot of folks could benefit. What's that plan? How does that look? Yeah, so, so currently it's available on YouTube. Um, mm. And so anyone can cl just click the link and go see it. We've got over 60,000 views so far. Um, and uh, uh, we, we initially uh, showed it, uh, uh, did some private viewings at the Blue Mouse here in Tacoma, um, and then uh, did some public viewings, the, the union did, some public viewings at the same venue. Um, and then several of the fire departments around us asked for it so they could do their own internal viewings of it with their firefighters. Um, and uh, we're getting reached out to people from across the nation um, to, to, to do something similar. It's more of, it's more than just seeing the film. It's hearing the, this, this conversation. It's, you know, how, how did you get there? What did you do? How can we be better? Mm -hmm. Um, those kinds of things. So lots of showings with panel discussions afterwards. Yeah. I would say Cody, the dream for every filmmaker is their film goes viral. Right. So you, you can sit, but you're not worried about the distribution because departments start wanting it. Families start wanting it. Um, did you, did you set out, did, did, was there a moment where you said this is going to go viral or were you thinking I'm just, I'm just doing this for my department and hope, hope few people watch it? I mean, when did, when did you realize that you kind of had a hold of something here maybe? I think, I think it really kind of hit me when the trailer went, fr quite frankly, viral all mm -hmm. on its own and saw the interest and how many people were reaching out and then that was validation to me that, okay, this is a topic that is seldom discussed yeah. and something that's important that people obviously want discussed. So I, I think then it started hitting me. It's all still kind of hitting me right yeah. now. So, um, yeah. Well, wait till you walk up and get an award for something. That'll, that'll, <laughs> that'll be a different experience too. Do you plan on entering it into some things? Uh, it actually won its first award yesterday. Did it? it okay. Did. Yes. What was that associated with? Uh, it won uh, Best First Time Filmmaker at the California Indies Film Festival. All right. So that was a pretty nice accomplishment. Yeah, good for you. Congratulations. I know the film circuit uh, filling out the the forms and paying the fees. <laughs> it's a, he's going to need PTO yeah, yeah. for that, by the way, because it is such a huge job. I'll advocate for you on that because I know what a massive pile of paperwork is there. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about PTSD, which is obviously the embedded theme in this movie. Um, it's sort of cliche, Chief. People talk about having PTSD all the time. It's almost kind of like, oh, you must have PTSD. But it, it, it is real for those professions who deal with a lot of trauma. Um, talk a little bit about what that trauma is in the fire service. I think a lot of us imagine, you know, rescuing, we have these grand visions, rescuing people from the fire and saving the pad and um, getting people out of the burning car. But there's a lot of stuff that goes sideways, right? Yeah. Well, I would argue everything that we go to has gone sideways. That's it's true. The reason, it's yeah. the reason we were called. And so, you know, what, what people don't think much about when they think about the fire department or, or public safety in general um, is that we respond to everybody in the community's worst day or worst event. Mm -hmm. uh, and so you see things that, um, uh, you know, are bad. We rarely see anything that's good. The things that we see are bad, but sometimes you see things that are horrendous. Uh, and sometimes even just the normal, typical bad hits you different because of what's going on in your own life or your own experiences. And so, um, you know, I think anybody who sees the kinds of things that we see over and over and over again, it's going to impact you at some point. 
Cody, what were your subjects telling you about how, how does this present? How did they come to the idea or have somebody say, hey man, I think you need some help. What were, how did it present in people? I think the common theme of everyone's story was that it crept up on them. Mm -hmm. It hit them when it was too late before they realized that they even had an issue going on or a certain thing affected them a certain way. Um, and those are those ways are exhibited through behaviors. You know how you're you're approaching your your significant other, how you're dealing with your kids. You know these things. It's road rage. It's uh, attitudes. It's things manifest themselves in strange ways that a lot of people that I talked to didn't really realize it was happening until someone had the courage to actually call them on it and see how they were actually doing. Um, and then obviously we had to. People had to face their own demons and uh, admit when things bothered them. Is there a certain piece of this, particularly with the fire service or the police or military, I would think all maybe have this in common, where you, if you're a person who's seen a lot, um, you're trying to tough it out for a lot. In other words, instead of, instead of doing this and realizing you have a problem and working out, you're toughing it out, toughing it out, toughing it out, you're gonna walk it off and then kaboom. Is that a is that a reality with the culture in the fire service, Chief? I do. I think that's a, I think that's probably a really great graphic of of how it happens for most. I, I also think that you know um, everybody's different, right? So everybody mm -hmm. has different um, belief systems, support systems, uh, things that they do to work through what they see. And so for some people, they can go a full thirty year career and and and, and manage it. Um, and some people can't. And and I think that's really at the heart of it. And for the folks who who don't have that support system that helps them cope with it. I think, I think it happens exactly as you just described. It's, it's something that you are supported by and you feel supported by until you realize that there's no more support. Is there a personality piece at play here too? And Cody, feel free to chime in on this. Um, in a lot of jobs, there's always kind of that professional distance. And if you're looking at something through the viewfinder, you know, a tragedy, you're looking at it through your camera. It's a different experience than going having hands-on or being a very empathetic. You can be empathetic, but maybe you're, you're in job mode as opposed to empathy mode. Do different people kind of roll differently um, through that, do you think, in some ways? I, I think so. I think there is a stigma that's existed in the fire service for um, decades or even centuries that we are the ones that need to appear to be strong. Mm -hmm. And therefore, when things bother us, we can't really show it. So suck it up, buttercup, in other exactly. words. A little bit, yeah. Exactly, and that mentality can go beyond just the scene and doing your job. It can translate back to the firehouse, it can translate back to your family, and then it becomes this cycle of pushing things down and suppressing your feelings without actually acknowledging them, for one, and then two, maybe discussing them a little further and you know, getting it off your chest. And that's such a great point you make when you're suppressing it and doing that. You, you think of pressure, mm -hmm. which makes me circle back to some of your comments about things like road rage or spousal um, domestic situations. Um, some of the bullet points that I wrote down here are with uh, signs of this re-experience, avoidance, negativity, hyper-reactivity or vigilance. And that is, that's kind of that, um, that, that pressure building up and that maybe denial of needing the help and whatnot. So Chief, how do you, you can't go around you know, all day at roll call saying, hey, got PTSD? Hey, how you doing? You know, you look, you, you're looking to kick a puppy? Uh, you can't be asking that at roll call. So how are you proactive without being a source of 
geez, don't talk to the chief because he's going to bug me about my problems, you know. So how do you do that? I think, I think it starts with, with the chiefs. I think it starts with creating a culture where people feel comfortable um, coming forward and saying, I, I need help. You know, and I think uh, you have to not only put programs in place and people in place, but you have to be vulnerable yourself um, and acknowledge, you know, your own weaknesses and, and where you where you struggle yourself. And I think, I think I've I've really personally tried to do that. I think it's created a culture within its Como Fire Department where I think people feel at least a little bit more comfortable knowing that if they want help, they can they can reach out and do that without the, the kind of shame that they might have felt previously or from other um, experiences. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that's the key is just being, um, creating an environment where people feel free to say, yeah. I'm not doing okay. And I think that's that relates to that piece I was talking to you about, Cody, that validation piece where, well, there, heck, there's a training film about this. I'm probably okay to go in and talk talk with somebody. Has there been a change? Has anybody took you aside and said, "Hey, man, I you know I watched this and I went and got some help and I I, I realized I needed some." Do you think there's been that kind of change in people? I think every screening we've had, someone has personally reached out and actually said right then and there that I'm not doing okay. So this film has already directly impacted people's mental health, whether um, letting them realize maybe some behaviors or instances in their own life that's happening that they weren't actually noticing until they saw it on film. But we're seeing positive changes in that aspect of more people coming forward and admitting um, that something's bothering them. Hmm. Yeah, it's got to be very rewarding. I know it is as, as a journalist, I, I would think as a filmmaker too, when people came come and say, hey, I took action as a result of this or something happened or it changed, changed me. What's, what's that like? Um, it, to be honest, it's a bit overwhelming at times. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm not a mental health counselor. Um, I'm a filmmaker. I'm also a firefighter. I, I work alongside these, these amazing men and women, and we do our jobs every day together. And um, it's, a, it's an enormous responsibility, too, but there's also a bit of guilt, too, knowing that maybe what I made might have elicited some emotions out of somebody. You know, that's not an easy thing to necessarily deal with. Mm -hmm. um, but doing my best, and I, I believe in the overall message of the project, and I'm seeing the, the work that we've all put into it actually do some good. So that, that makes me sleep at night. Yeah, good. Well, congratulations. It's a, that's a great feeling to have about your work product. Um, Chief, I want to talk to you about training as well. Um, a lot of the guys who came up in the fire service of a certain age kind of had that culture, the suck it up buttercup piece. Um, we here at Bates Technical College, who happens to be our licensee, we've got a big fire training program. Is this something do you think that filters down and floats down into the curriculum and fire training? Is this, a, is this a film that young people should watch and think, would it make them not want to do it or no? Would it help them become more aware? I guess I can argue both sides of that. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, we've actually already started showing this film to our recruits uh, at the academy. Um, because we want them to uh, know what, what, what the impacts of this work um, are. And we've actually uh, been contemplating a way to not only show it to our recruits, but also to their significant others. Uh, because part of the problem, I think, is that for, for many of our firefighters is that uh, when they struggle, they don't know who to talk to. Uh, even when they go home to their closest, the person that's supposed to be closest to them. Mm -hmm. And so if that person is at least aware of what the, the potential is of what's going on with them, is that then they can be a little bit more responsive, a little bit more helpful, a little bit more supportive in a way that maybe that person gets help before it's too late. Do you think the new generation is resistant? Is there a change in generations? Yeah, I, I think people, I think 
the, I, I honestly, I, I will tell you, in my experience since this film has come out, I've talked to a lot of the older generation, and mm -hmm. they have they have just opened up because of the film. And so, um, I, I the, the, to answer your question, yes, I think that the current generation is far more open to this. They're far more uh, uh, aware of the importance of finding that balance in the work that you do uh, in your own personal life. But I also think that uh, because we've opened a door, a lot of the older generation folks are walking through it. Mm -hmm. So Shane, you've had this amazing experience where you've had a film go viral, it's changing people's lives, they tell you about it. Um, so I know you're going to be asking him for more time to make your next film. Just, I'm just <laughs> in case he has it yet, it's coming. Not yeah. for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of work. Yes. Yeah. Uh, additional work, or did you get, were you on the job when you were doing this? I was doing this uh, in some way, shape, or form every day. Okay. For, uh, put some kind of time into it every day for almost a year. Yeah. So what do you I, think, what do you think's next? What issue, does there need to be a follow-on to this? They're very, um, they're very well, maybe, you mm -hmm. know. Um, I, we, I think what we accomplished from this is starting a conversation. I don't think we necessarily solved an issue here, but I think we brought to light an issue through here. So if that opens a dialogue or gets us going down the right path, then, you know, it did a really good job yeah, doing yeah. that. Chief, it must be odd for you, too, to be looking at your manpower, you know, got pumper truck guys, oh, filmmaker, you know, <laughs> oh, he needs time to do this. But I guess, I mean, think of the results. It makes sense. Do you think you'll, do you think this is, I wouldn't say it's a position, but is this something you will continue to pursue? Do you think mental health counseling could be part of your staff at some point? I mean, will this change your, the chess game you play on the board every day, putting people in the right spots? Yeah, we've, yeah, that's a great question. We've, we've are actually already um, uh, planned in the next biennial budget to include a uh, mental health uh, professional on our uh, contracted through uh, our, uh, for services through uh, the, the uh, biennial budget. And so, um, yeah, we are in fact bringing those resources in and, and, and trying to be, to your point, proactive um, uh, in the way that we address this, because if we can get ahead of it and, and help people um, recognize that there are available resources, that this is what you should expect, there are available resources, then we won't get to the in, end game where people are used, are you to become alcoholics or considering suicide as a solution to mm -hmm. the things that they're seeing. I was talking to you about the chessboard piece, so I don't mean this to be an awkward question, but to me, my impression of the fire service is there was always 100 applicants for 10 openings. Mm -hmm. Has that changed a little bit with the way we're having difficulty with the labor force? Are you um, are you struggling to get shifts filled? Has that happened to the fire service yet? Or are you still pretty much immune from that? And if so, I'm wondering, does overtime and long shifts play a role in any of this as you do play with that chessboard? That's another great question. So um, we we are not seeing the same. We are seeing a decrease in applicants. But it, but to your question, it wasn't it wasn't a hundred. It was a thousand to ten, yeah. right? And <laughs> yeah. so we're down to maybe eight hundred to ten. But but still. Um, uh, we are seeing a decrease, uh, but for us in particular in our department, we have in fact been seeing a lot more over time. We're trying to do, provide an additional service that we didn't provide before, and we tried to do it before we had all the people in place. And so people have been working a lot of overtime. Uh, I absolutely think that that contributes to, the more you do it, the more you see, the more risk you're at. Uh, mm -hmm. it's and simple, the, so. and the tireder you are too. That's exactly right. Yeah, stress and tiredness, the, all, the, all those, there's a synergistic effect there, I would assume, on mental health. Yeah, and I would also add, one of the big components is that the work has changed. 
And so it used to be we responded to people who had real emergencies who called 911. We have become, uh, across the, the, the nation, the fire service has become much more of a primary care provider for people who don't have other options. Uh, and so we're seeing people who, who really don't have 911 emergencies but are calling 911 because they don't have anywhere else to turn. And that's not even in, uh, accounting for all the homeless encampments that we're responding yeah. to. And so, yeah. so yeah, the work has changed and, and, the, and the, 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 the value that you used to get from the work of feeling fulfilled and like you really did something that helped someone, mm -hmm. you question because am I actually helping in this, in this situation? Yeah. And so that compounded with additional work, compounded with additional hours, com compounded with the type being tired, absolutely contributes yeah, to yeah. Last 45 seconds here. Um, Cody, if somebody wants to see this film, get involved, uh, find it, what are the steps they can take? What do they do? Uh, the easiest thing they can do is go to uh, thecallwecarry.com and they'll find links to resources, uh, list of cast, and uh, of course links to the film and trailer. And some information and curriculum on there as well for families and whatnot? Correct. Is, there is, okay, great. All right, Chief, Cody, thanks so much for coming to Northwest Now. Good to have you in. I think a very important topic, and uh, I recommend everybody take a look at that film. Thank you. Thank you. Firefighting is like many jobs. We tend to look at the glory, but rarely at the sacrifice. The bottom line, media tools like the call we carry play an important role in educating firefighters to understand what they might be feeling and for the public to get a better understanding of what the job really is.